Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. This episode is part of our ongoing Brotherhood Team Event coverage mini-series where we're talking to a bunch of the team captains and today I'm now joined by Sam Loving from the Tunsgate Tyrant Teams. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, Sam. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. Just trying to keep my voice down because the baby's sleeping, but doing all right. <laughs> squeezing in some Squeezing hobby. in a bit of a Warhammer around normal life. I love, love exactly. it. Exactly. So do you want to tell myself and, because uh, we've not actually, we're talking off line a second ago we've not actually crossed path slash dice before have we so tell me a little bit about yourself and for the listeners who haven't met you who is the sam loving oh jesus um yeah known as lovo or luvo depending on how you want to pronounce it in certain parts of england but um yeah so i've sort of been in the competitive scene maybe for probably about a year and a half that like first half year was sort of um, you know, feeling my way into the sort of what Age of Sigmar was all about and a couple of Warhammer tournaments here and there and then just got a, really got a taste for it and um, have run with Stormcast for a good old good year now and um, I suppose gaming background is sort of predominantly Sigmar I've fiddled around with fantasy for a little bit gone to 40k, didn't quite like it as much and so I've pretty much been uh, Sigmar since uh, the the days of the Wild West, if you like, when it when it was released without the rule set. Um, in terms of, uh, I suppose, sort of like experience and event experience and things like that. Um, gosh, what was it been? I've been to most of the heats. I've been fortunate to qualify for both the finals. Um, had a good slog on the last one. Fortunately, coming undone by the Mister Tinsdale himself and his dirty, dirty Slanesh list. Well, if you're going to lose to someone, you might as well lose to the winner. I think, yeah, you're fair enough on table table one on game four. Um, unfortunately, didn't really have a way out of it, so it was a bit of a foregone conclusion. But, um, yeah, sort of, you know, I've put myself around a little bit, you could say that. And who are the Tunsgate Tyrants? Ah, well, let's so say the, the Tyrants originate from the Guildford Originally Games Workshop, now Warhammer Store. Um, conveniently located next to Tunsgate, um, which is quite iconic um, sort of pillar uh, or series of columns, if you like, in Guildford. And it's where, uh, where the market is. Yeah, precisely. I know it well. Um, the good old grain store job. Um, so yeah, we've um, we sort of derived our moniker from there, and um, I suppose really since um, and there's always been like a great group of lads dotted around, but since sort of getting into that competitive Sigma scene. Um, they always take the mickey out of me because I'm sort of trying to generate as much sort of hype about the club and build it up as much as possible. But um, yeah, you know, I've just been trying to grow and just grow the name out there, get sort of a little bit more out there in terms of the socials and stuff. And um, it's, yeah, I can't recommend any more. Great bunch of lads, all sort of the same outset and an ethos around Sigma. Want to play hard, want to play well, but equally have a laugh whilst doing it. Excellent. So talking of competitive events, Brotherhood, what an absolute shark tank of an event cracker yeah some really impressive uh, lists out there and uh, let, let's kind of reflect on your team for a little bit sure how have you kind of approached the the whole the whole thing in terms of lists and people and, and aligning the two yeah so we've um uh, well i'm not gonna lie we haven't been super tactful <laughs> i'll put it that way um so with myself with the baby I've, i haven't had much time to branch out to other lists so i'm taking my good old stormcast that most people i've crossed with will know very well now so well if uh, it ain't broke 
Well, exactly, exactly. Um, and most of the boys are sort of, you know, we're fairly solid, to be fair. I think a relatively new club, but most of us are good sort of four and one players, three twos. Um, but yeah, we've got, you know, we have four and ones in us. So um, I'm hoping to, to catch out most of the competition if we can. And we've definitely got a couple of unique lists, I can put it that way. Um, really looking forward to see how um, good club mate of mine, Sam Saunders, gets on with his, his Maggotkin and his Nurgle, uh, especially with the resurface of some of the point drops there. So looking forward to see how that one performs. And um, Is that Sam of uh, Bretonian Stormcast fame? I believe that's myself. Ah. Oh, no, apologies. No, Sam yeah, Saunders, does he not he, have Bretonian Stormcast? He, he is, but he copied the out of me sorry <laughs> leap um he did ask me first so t- uh, if um if you want to go to the originator if it was that's me but then sam is an amazing uh, airbrush painter so um when i started my army it was pre um lamia medium and all, all good things and he's yeah he's stolen the show his, his army's lovely that's so. right he won best army at um bloodshed in the shires yeah oh, that was it that was one unfortunate missus didn't let me go to that one but um yeah, he's you know he steals it away. So we've um, yeah, you could put it that I've basically told him to take Nurgle and stop taking away my Britannia fame. Well, there we go. And now now you can run your Stormcast. So you've, exactly. you've deconflicted with other with Sam too. Um, and how about the other four members of the team? How did you kind of go about deciding which of the list to take? Was there a lot of deconflicting to do? Was there any kind of conflict? I think fortunately we're pretty good. So. Um, there's another chap called uh, Martin on the team. He's actually recently taken up uh, OBR, um, good old Petrofex Elite. And originally he was sort of running chain shows, and we kind of had to um and ah about that a little bit. Not, again, because of any duplication on War Scrolls at all, but just around uh, the potential team composition. And, you know, because it's a relatively new battle tome, there's not as many people will be as, uh, you know, familiar with it. And we just felt we could compete against more lists than um, chain shows potentially. And uh, fortunately, we didn't really have many clashes. We've most of us have got sort of multiple armies, and we all sort of train, test, and play together. So um, we were able to single out our probably like our, our best list, really, because you know we're not we don't plan on mucking around. We want to have fun, but we also want to come with a competitive edge. So most of the guys are bringing their sort of their normal four and one lists. So, to what extent do you feel like your team and the lists have got an answer to everything you might face? Yeah, so this has been, I mean, this is one of the things I love about team events and I probably notoriously also whinge about because um, they're still included in singles rankings. Don't bite my head off Ben Curry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I get the pros and cons of both, but they're, they're very, they're two very different events. And I'm sure as most of the other sort of podcasts come through, the, the approach for most people and teams is will be one very, very different in terms of singles. So, um, you know, you've got the opportunity to set up some some key pairings and matchups that will, will roll in your favour. And in order to do that across those six armies, um, you know, you want to look at potential slots or, or um, what we've sort of coined like um, list approaches. So whether that's defensive, offensive, or a bit of both, uh, whether you go full combat, whether you go full shooting. So. Um, yeah, we've we've got some got some good ones in there. I think the Nurgle one's going to be quite interesting. Again, I'm really looking forward to see how that pans out. Uh, you've got sort of standard with myself, so we're looking at alpha potential um, with a good wedge of heroes in there for any of the hero battle plans that come up. Um, got the good old war clans that seems to be quite popular in terms of most of the um, uh, the team's choices at the moment. Just acres, just the output, but also just uh, amount of wounds knocking around on the board. It's quite a tough one to slog through. And um, 
good old Kiranoth hunters in terms of great bows for that that shooting aspect that not many people can do that well. So Chris's Sylvanath list is quite similar to the one that Laurie's taking from Team Keen. Yeah, so um, Francis would probably hate the fact that he's been mentioned with Laurie in the same same bracket. Chris is... Um, so originally, back in Blackout, I think it's 2019, I think Chris took a, a bow list similar to Dan Bradshaw's that was floating around at the time. But he, I think he switched up a little bit with great swords and sides in there. So it was, it was a bit more unique to himself. And he, I think he managed the first official four and one, if you like, with the a bow list. Um, and we've sort of, I mean, initially he wasn't even going to take it at all. So it was quite a last minute change and we've sort of reverted back to it, but kept in some melee there because we think it's just, um, it's, it's just another, um, another bit to your toolkit if you get a slightly awkward matchup. So yeah, similar to Laurie in terms of the, I think it was eight hunt, eight units hunters now with the great bow, something like that. Um, but yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of spice, a little bit of combat in there. As you say, it, these team events do allow you to go very extreme one way, but it is nice to have an element of flexibility, even in a, let's say, skewed list, even if it isn't an, an extreme mm. list itself. Yeah, we were thinking edge case, and then I think maybe we're a little bit more risk-averse. We've seen Chris practice with it on the table, and it's um, it's come off quite well with the, the melee edition. No, that makes absolute sense. I think you've got to take a balanced approach in in some cases, and um, you know, as you say, it's a bit of a risk assessment. It's, it's how how extreme you want to go, and acknowledging the weaknesses that then that then opens up by going that extreme. Yeah, and you know, worst case, eight bows come up against a cunning rock, and it's you know, it's a shoot off, but someone's got more wounds than you. So, yeah, we just wanted to give that that edge. So, what's your what's your overall aim for the weekend? Um. You know, I won't be around the bush. You know, I want number one. I think when we when we talk around uh, internally, just as like a club and a team, and I'll emphasise the fact that we are all club players and members, whereas some people are not um, in their team approach, which is fair enough for them. But you know, we like to like to keep it a tight knit group. Um, yeah, totally. We you know we are going for that number one spot. I think some of the other boys are probably a little bit more certainly casual than myself. Um, I think when you become a a new dad certain hobbies take a bit more precedent and become a little bit more prevalent in your life so maybe i'm a little bit more addicted than most but yeah you know we want to we want to do well um and i think um our build out and our approach certainly in terms of even you know doing those the matrixes in terms of what matchups you can actually deal with and making sure you've got good team coverage across the board um we put the time and the effort in so um yeah hopefully you know, want to knock a couple of smiles off people's faces and, and cause a bit of a ruckus. So let's assume you're taking first place, naturally. Uh, yeah. which, which other two teams are you worried about challenging you on the podium? Um, oh, I mean, as you say, Shark Tank. There is, which which other two teams are you most worried about? Uh, to be honest, I mean, there's, I mean, we've had a couple of list calls out where we've sort of gone, oh, that's going to be a bit awkward. Um, and it, But in terms of teams, we haven't really out that we've gone oh boy like we're really going to struggle with that and we feel you know we feel like we're in a good place it's probably more like the janky stuff that you haven't really seen before so you're not sure how to assess it so um i think probably one of the main call outs is we've seen there's quite a lot of lists there that are focused on msu um so you've got your standard sort of uh, morsel guard spam which we can kind of deal with we've been there before um but it's sort of like some of the city's lists um or just generic order so I think it might even be. I know Jack. Obviously, Jack Armstrong is an amazing player, but he's there's some. He maybe has like five or six scrounger chariots or how, whatever you call them. Um, 
and it's just like okay how what do we deal or do with that like there's not a definitive matchup that necessarily you know hard counters it or anything from our perspective so it's more you know you get put on the back foot because you're not used to something and i think those are the lists that have kind of jumped out to us in in particular teams that we've gone all right what do we do there yeah, and uh, the flexibility and variety within cities allows a little bit of confusion for your opponent, I think. If you're bringing something a little bit novel, Byronord from the, well, the, the Facehammer slash Marauders team, which is called the Dice Studs Gamers Club, uh, He's Byron's got a similar kind of mixed order list. Uh, and that's got four scourge running chariots rather than six like jacks but yeah as as you say it's um if you've not faced something like that before and you're not really sure what it does that can certainly throw a little spanner in the works can't it yeah absolutely it's, it's one of those things you know typically when you even get to your singles events you turn up to the table someone has another army it's under the table they bring it up and you go bloody hell what do i do with that well, that's new um and it just gives i suppose your opponent that 10 minute edge and you know fortunately here lists from preview so we can can have a look and see what we want to match up and, and pair against it so you know there's always there's pros and cons with the team events in terms of that pairing aspect but um yeah those those lists you know fortunately we've got two weeks to have a good look at them so i'm sure we'll be more than prepared when they turn up so talk me through one of your team's lists maybe your favorite it doesn't have to be yours <laughs> yeah no. um i won't go through mine i'll probably bore people um okay let's pick a good one so yeah, to be honest, it's got to be it's got to be Sam Saunders really from that Nurgle list. So we've spent. Um, so Sam is generally he adamantly refuses to play me. Unfortunately, in the last two weeks, when we're doing a bit of practice, he agreed to finally have a game. I think something about Evocators he doesn't quite like. So fair enough. Um, and we've kind of we just trawled over this list and really like min maxed it as much as possible. And um, so it's Nurgle. Um, it has good old Glockin in there, which you don't see too much really sam's typically played like thricefold performance stuff sort of that terry pike-esque list um and we sort of took it from that basis and then reimagined it in terms of this um massive ball of minuses to hit knocking around so i think at any at any one stage if everything was to go off synergy you could be as much as you know minus five minus six to hit certain instances um and yeah we really kind of just want to throw that in the mix and and see what happens in certain matchups because you know if you if you take something like shooting as an example i think certainly eight great bows are going to struggle with that considerably so um it's something that gives us a great army to put forward in a team aspect but i think you would also have quite good merit in a in a singles tournament as well so really looking forward to see how that performs yeah, it's not something you want to be um, putting up against anything with, you know, say, all the damage focus on mortal wounds. Whilst you do have the Nurgle save, I don't think mm. that's really playing to its strength. But as you say, something like Laurie's Sylvaneth list or the kind of mirror match, as you mentioned on Chris's similar list, yeah, it's it's brutal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I think generically play as a minus two in shooting and then you've got there's two ender spells in there that can also add to that as well as um some other debuffs so uh, you know before you know i think hunters normally hit on threes hunts monster two so i mean you take them to fives and it's a massive um skew on the percentage so yeah looking forward to that one obviously it comes down to pairings but um in in addition why we thought it was such a, a great list is not only does it do that but even if someone flips you on a combat army from a corn perspective you still have a good sort of solid foundation there you're not you're not putting yourself in too much of a niche and apart from you know debuffing to hits is there anything else anything else that it does really well um i mean we'll be honest like it's it's relatively fresh um 
Sam previously was playing a, a shootcast version that we'd also sort of built up together and that was working really well. But obviously when you get to teams in the allegiances, we had to split them back out. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm probably the most familiar with Stormcast, so it sort of fell to me to, to probably take that one. Um, and Sam's always had a great love for Nurgle and his again, his painting on this army is fabulous. So well, that's that's worth a good look at on the on the weekend. But um yeah, we'll we'll see. There's a couple of gotchas in there, but I'll uh, I'll there's, keep that for the table. A, there's a cheeky mind stealer uh, spherance in there, isn't there? Oh, you called that one out. Um, I mean, I mean, it's on the list. <laughs> it's on the PDF. <laughs> yeah, it is there. Everyone's going to see it. No, it was. That's been a really interesting one because um, obviously the model's not actually out yet. I think it was just announced at the open day. I don't know when it's actually being released, but. Um, we had to have a quick chat with uh, Tomlin just to see what sort of base size we wanted to put it on, just make sure it was reasonable. So um, we've had a good walk through that. And I think it should be fine. But yeah, it's you know it's new. It's not necessarily been tested. We've certainly run a couple of our games, um, and it just adds some some great additions in terms of combating that always strikes first and always strike last sort of element to the game that you know some armies have and some have no way of actually dealing with. So yeah, we snuck in a cheeky ally there just to mix things up. And um, yeah, it's come off well so far. I like it. I think, um, especially for a model that isn't even out but does have rules, you're in quite a strong position there to bring something that people aren't going to be used to seeing. Because yeah, sure, you can do counts as or proxies or whatever. But and and the scrolls are out there. And, and as you say, as mm. we mentioned, the, the lists are all on the PDFs here. But the fact that a model doesn't exist means that people are less likely to take it, and therefore have less likely to have seen it before yeah we definitely we had to look at it factually you know just had a look at the war scroll and see what it does and it, it wasn't necessarily a case of oh people aren't going to know what that is on they're not familiar with it because if anyone's pulled through the slaves of darkness list they know what it is um and it's just it, it really synergized well with that list certainly in terms of some of the bravery debuffs that the Grot King can add which stacks to another minus one to hit and then if you're looking at that it you're a Nurgle army doesn't necessarily have punch, but if you can make someone strike glass and you, you get to go in multiple times in different combats, then actually that starts to add up over time. Yeah, especially and especially when you can weather the storm back as well after after you've degraded their uh, output. The fact that you're so resilient, it means that what output is then coming your way, it, it matters even less because of that resilience. Yeah, it totally minimises. There's, there's that, and out of all six of us, Sam can roll extremely hot when he wants to. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's incredible with his five dice ability, so. definitely a skill yeah he's um, got it he's and you've got, got shards of valagar in there as well yeah so another one um, you don't see very often we kind of again we just wanted to stack them to debuffs minus one to hit so um you know there's only actually there's three casts in the list so you've got the gotkin on two and festus as well and um when we were making up points there wasn't much that we could really sort of squeeze in there that we thought necessarily took that synergy beyond what a normal 2k army is and um it's just those debuffs, man. You know, chucking on those minus ones to hit, even something like my Evos, if you on average you're like threes and ones, but you then jump to fives and ones, you're just, you, you don't get as much through. And then for you're then bogged down in a, you know, what is a 30 man play bearer unit with fleshy abundance on, and you're just like, I'm not going to get through that. And um, yeah, it's, it's really looking forward to it. So, what's been the most challenging thing about your preparation for the event? Ah, uh, well, um, I mean, Chris was right, it's herding chickens, totally. Um, you know the boys all have the motivation you know we want to do well we want to put it together but you know everyone has their lives in and outside of Warhammer and um, just from that that captain perspective you've you know sometimes you have to be a bit pedantic or you know 
put on your serious face for a minute as you uh, you've set up for a nice gaming day with a couple of beers and barbecue over the road at the clubhouse. But um, someone actually has to do pairings and walk it through with everybody. So it's, um, you know, in a weird way, it's having to get serious <laughs> with the team um, and sort of say, right, you know, we've come here to roll dice and have a laugh and, and do a bit of testing. But now we've got to switch on the rocky track and, and start training, fellas. So get your sweats on and we're out for a run. But it's, um, yeah, they take it all in good spirit and they certainly give it back. So it's uh, it's worth it as a captain. And what's been your uh, kind of biggest lesson learned overall? Oh, that's a good one. Um, mm, do you know, I'm not sure I've really considered it so far because I'm so, you know, we're kind of in that um, shadow boxing aspect before the event. So it, I'm kind of, I don't, honestly, I don't know, Dan, but if anything, it's it's just a fact of, you know teams is a different approach and you can't just throw solo lists that typically do well at, at singles tournaments um you have to think about that multi-part aspect so um one of the amazing things obviously in part of our community with the honest wargamers they put this such a huge impetus into stats breakdown so we've definitely relied on that in terms of what we think we'll be seeing and then plus edge cases for those those janky buggers who take things that you never thought you'd see again and um just trying to cater for that as much as possible within list build but um yeah learning preparation is key certainly for teams there's there's much more needs to go into it and um you know we put a fair bit of time in so i think i think we're ready and what are you what are you most apprehensive about in the event coming up uh, um probably keeping chris francis off the booze <laughs> um so he is he is my trusty lieutenant and um, he's, he's an amazing, he's an incredible laugh on events and stuff. Like I recommended everyone to have a chat with him. Um, but he is known for wandering off and having a beer and it's odd, more likely that if he didn't, he's probably much more solid than normal. And he gets a bit carried away sometimes and then goes through the ifs and buts after a game. But um, well, all, it, all it takes is, you know, you have one on game one and then your opponent buys you yeah, another one. You buy your opponent one at the end of game yeah. one, and then it's lunchtime. Yeah. You have one at lunch. You have one at the start of game two, and then you have one at the end of game two. If you haven't already had a, another one between that, and suddenly you're a few pints down going into game three, and you've you get two and zero oh on day one, and you're thinking, oh, actually, I kind of wish I had a clear head to think this through. Yeah, yeah, a little bit loopy now, but no, Chris. Luckily, Chris can put them away. Uh, he does love a good beer, that man. So if anyone's at the weekend, definitely buy him one, and you'll probably improve your chances, and he'll take it still. Um, <laughs> So yeah. So apart from buying Chris uh, booze over the weekend, is there if you could give one bit of advice to all those players attending, what would it be? Um, I mean, I think typically it probably even harkens back to like um, Darren, really, in terms of that that positive approach to Warhammer. Um, You know, team events I think are an amazing aspect. They give us a really great foundation to build towards ETC and um, and Six Nations and pulling other people into that that player slot who may have that skill set. Um, but in that sense, potentially, um, it maybe has more of a serious edge. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is a dice game and you have to sort of take and, and roll with the punches. So if anything, you know, it's and the community is great for it anyway. It's just make sure you have a laugh and maybe, maybe don't take things too seriously. Um and I, I suppose that comes from from me really because I do tend to put a serious edge on things. But um, yeah, you know, it's you know, have a laugh whilst doing it. Let the boys go and have a beer if they want to have a beer. It's their weekend for Christ's sake. But um, yeah, you know, um, enjoy. Excellent. So thanks very much for joining us, Sam. Really appreciate your time. Before we move on to the final two questions, have you got any shout outs? You already mentioned Tunsgate, uh, where in Guildford, what what evenings do you meet and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, so um, typically do to, um, do pop into the Warhammer store. One of our club mates actually runs the store. He's amazing. Um, Sam will get you to buy any and all armies. Again, sorry, that's the third Sam and the Tyrants. Um, so go with your, your wallet completely prepared because he'll rinse you. Um, but equally, we then play on Mondays down at what's called the Guildford Games Club. Um, and you can get anywhere between... Uh, maybe 12 odd members playing dedicated sigma and there's a good scene there in terms of competitiveness if you want that edge but equally the 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 fellas are more than happy to have a bit of a breakdown and just work things through if you want uh, a little bit more of a casual game um so yeah absolutely shout out to my tonsgate fellas and obviously we'll catch up with all them on the weekend and stuff um give us a little look on twitter or myself or some of the other boys um myself is at uh, L-U-V-V-O-1 and then you can follow us along I'm sure we'll be posting up as many pictures as possible of the weekend in and outside of the tournament so if you fancy seeing what the, the scene is like then have a little look Awesome, so on to the final two questions uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask them both at once and just uh, answer them in an order mm. If you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change, what would it be? So let's say uh, the game is being written from the, the ground up and everything's going to change what's one thing you protect? And then secondly, if you could only change one thing in Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game would never change, what would that be? I don't know, some pretty sick questions. I think, honestly, it's probably like the contentious one, but I would I would probably keep the priority role. Um, I think generally, it, like, it's, it's notorious for getting under people's skin or wrapping up a game that probably should have gone into, like, another two or three turns, especially if you're off the double or whatever it might be. But frankly, it's, it is just that adrenaline hit that you don't get in many games, even, you know, modern con- console or PC gaming, where you're just, you're holding onto that priority dice. Your hand is absolutely dripping with sweat and you've you've got to roll it and you just wait to see what that result is and you can't you know you don't get that in many many sort of tabletop games and i think it's um i think it's something should definitely stick around um so okay so if i could change one thing in aos and you can only change one thing the rest of the game is going to stay the stay as it is forever could um could it be one of the rules writers (laughs) (laughs) don't you mean no i'm not i think uh, i mean in that sense uh yeah i mean tongue-in-cheek there but i think maybe a little bit more consistency in battle tomes if we go to hashtag slanesh era um maybe i'm still bitter from that game forward james tinsdale but um uh, yeah pro- maybe the whole always strikes first slash last thing um i think it, it possibly it adds a dimension into games that can take away from something you've built and put your heart and soul into and then have felt like you've potentially not really um really had a good crack or you know a 50 50 chance on setup on deployment before you've sort of been outwitted or lost the game so you know maybe that one could have a little think about but it, it looks like everyone's going to get asf anyway at some point so i'm sure it'll even out so actually so you mentioned there are two things so activation wars being one and consistency mm. in kind of strength of battle tomes what what do you think is is the most important of those two things frankly it'll come down to battle tomes in the sense that if you have the consistency there you can build that into your list and therefore counter certain things like asf and asl whether that be a screen whether that be building it yourself um and again, definitely a shout out to Sam Pearson because I know the books he's been putting out specifically have, have sort of are a testament to that. Well, Sam, the only thing that remains is for me to wish you and the Tonsgate Tyrants the very best of luck at the weekend. Excellent. Appreciate your time, Dan. No worries. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. 
If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve. Or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority World. Well.